What is up, everybody? It's the Survivor Buffs coming at you with another exit interview. This one, a long-awaited interview with the, as you can see on your screen, Queen Sydney. Now, before we get started, I have to, I have to highlight something. About seven months ago, the Survivor Buffs had their first viral video in which they did the cast assessment of season 41. Mm -hmm. And uh, we stalked your Instagram, Sydney, and we were convinced that you got medevaced. And we started the, the Sydney medevac rumor, and it caught fire. And everybody was like, oh, Sydney's getting medevaced. Like, obviously, the survivor was pointed out, and we were wrong. So, did, did you ever catch wind of that rumor? We have to ask. I did catch wind of that rumor and it was awesome. And I totally leaned into it as you probably maybe have stopped. But when I saw that, I was like, this is sick. And I figured I'm like, CBS probably loves this too. Yeah. yeah. Who we got were convinced? Who got the siren? Oh, I got the siren. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, we're, we're, yeah. we're both, uh, we're both New York and um, we always check every episode, every episode. Whether it's an interview, a recap, whatever it is, someone gets a siren. So, if not both of us, so um, we we didn't lose this time, but I'm sure we both will at some point. I'm in Brooklyn. Gideon's, um, where are you? Harlem. Harlem. I'm nice. in Brooklyn. Oh, cool. Where in Brooklyn? Downtown. Okay, nice. I'm in uh, right on the border of Bed Stuy and Bushwick. Okay, hipster. So, yep. Um. Yes, we uh, we took a little bit of heat. Yeah, it was our first thing that like hit the waves on the Survivor Reddit, and we were so excited because we had just started this new podcast, and it was like one of this was before the cast was announced. This was when the leaks came out. Yeah. Um, we like spent hours trying to find everyone's Instagram just based off of the leaks, and we found like fifteen of you guys and stalked you guys on Instagram so that we could uh, put together some something of a cast assessment, but. Um, yes, we, uh, took a little bit of heat from that as well, but we yeah. dropped the ball from yeah. hell. Wrong. I mean, no, I don't think uh, it, don't... it wasn't terrible. heat. it was just like, y'all were wrong. Like, and yeah. cause, cause Sydney, we mentioned it every episode. <laughs> we were like, we were like, Oh, so Sydney's going to get like, we did a draft and like, I'm pretty sure you would have been Adam's first pick if he didn't believe that, you know, you were going to get medevaced. So we were like, we we're like, oh, I don't know. I'm nervous about drafting Sydney because she's getting medevaced. Yeah. yeah we I, mean, I, went on, I went on the show with the torn ACL and torn meniscus and mm. I just waited until after to get it fixed. Mm. Do you think that affected your game in any way? I don't think so because I torn it back in Feb. 2020 a week before I went in person to go to casting I didn't know it was torn I'd actually like gone on a run like I was fine I just knew something was like kind of wrong so I did mm -hmm. like acupuncture every day leading up to casting and it still hurt but I was able to like get through it and then after that I got an MRI and I couldn't believe like how bad it was and then the lockdown happened um and I wanted to go on the show so I was like it's an elective surgery I can like PT it and there was no PT because of the pandemic. So I literally just did yoga and acupuncture. And mm. thank God some people are just built different because I don't think it actually affected me too much on the show, clearly, by, based on my athletic prowess. But if anything, it might have affected my preparation. Like, I think everyone tries to get as fit as they can. I just tried so hard to, like, make sure my quads and my glutes are strong. 
So mm-hmm. I wouldn't like, so nothing would happen. So I was more focused on preventing like a catastrophe with my knee than actually like getting super fit. Um, obviously not evidenced by my pancake ass on the show, but my butt was actually pretty strong. I'll take your word for it. Um, so we definitely wanted to talk about uh, some pre-survivor stuff, some stuff on the island, what you've been up to beforehand. But just sort of like my my first like general question is the um, the Population Reference Bureau estimates that 117 billion people have walked the face of this earth, and only 607 have played U.S. survivors. So you were part of an immense. I, I wanted to do the math, but my calculator literally like didn't have enough zeros for the percent of people that have played. So for the other 116 billion of us, like how do you describe the experience from like casting your first video, whatever it was to today? The experience is definitely, I would say one of a kind, like the emotions that go with it. Like for me, it was a lot of anxiety. So I had applied for The Amazing Race and then got a call for Survivor. Always been a huge fan of the show, but like never wanted to do it. Like it didn't sound mm-hmm. fun to me to be starving on an island. So like the immense anxiety that I had, like leading up to it was like, I was like, I just don't want to be in pain. Like I quit mm-hmm. tracking college because I was done being in pain. I was like, I don't want to race and like always be in pain. I'm like, I will be in pain the whole time. And then like when you're actually there, it was, I don't want to say like easier than I thought, but I think because my expectations were literally so low. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, I will be truly miserable. This will be hell on earth that I actually did have a lot of fun. So then it's like, oh my God, like the immense gratitude you feel to be able to have that experience is unreal. And then like, obviously I was excited for the unintended side effects of the show, like the friends, like the lifelong connections, which based on obviously my exit interview, I was very happy to never see anybody again in my life. And then, you know, as like life kind of settles back in, it's like, wait, I actually have some like great friends, made some great connections. So like I knew it was going to be a long process and it wasn't going to end. So it wasn't going to end when I left the island and it wasn't going to end when the season finale aired, but it was going to continue on. So it's it's been an evolution and it's been like so, so interesting. And for me going into it, I think like a lot of people are like, oh, I like, I, I want to find myself or like, I got to prove <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Like, I got to prove to my kids, like the whole mama's got it. It's like, hey, okay, calm down. Like, it's not that serious. Like anyone can theoretically survive. Like not everyone's willing to try, but like you can probably fucking do it. So <laughs> like I went on being like, I already know who I am. I have nothing to prove, but I was still very open-minded to the idea that like, I will change. Like this is still going to be like a very intense experience that Mm -hmm. will a hundred percent change me. And for me, I was very excited to see like who I would become. So I was so excited for it to finish so I can like be this new person. Um, I've realized that I'm the same through and through, like nothing at my core has changed even like a smidge. But I think overall, I would say I'm just like more relaxed um, mm-hmm. I just, I'm just like chiller. I don't know. I was just like, like, I just enjoy the moment. I've always enjoyed the moment a lot, but I think just even more so like, I just, I live for the now, like I make my decisions based on now, even like when it's searching for jobs, which I'm obviously doing now, it's like, where do I want to be now? Like, I'm not going to plan for five years. Cause you never know what's going to happen. You mm-hmm. never, ever know. So it's like, 
Why plan for five years when I don't even know what's going to happen next week? I want to make myself happy now and then deal with the consequences later. And I attribute some of that to Survivor. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So Survivor did not give you trust issues? Um, no. I don't think. Like, if everyone's like, oh, my God. Like, okay, I hate to, like, tease <laughs> people. But some people like, oh, like, truly had some, like, traumatic experiences. Like, I can't trust my wife anymore. But it's a fucking game. Like, come on. <laughs> Like, right. Like, I, I think I'm more honest with myself where it's like, like, obviously, with my experience, like, I told lies, I didn't care. But I think my version of lying is just more of an omission of the truth. So I was literally talking to my friend today. I'm like, yeah, like, I have never lied to you. But I've definitely like left out some truth. But I've never mm-hmm. said a lie. Right. I got you. Um, so uh, kind of wanted to know a little bit about like, what life was like, um before coming on the show i know uh based on your instagram account that you like to travel a lot and i'm sure you get asked all the time like oh what's the best place you've ever been to so i don't want to ask that question i want to ask like has there ever been somewhere that um you thought was overrated Ooh, i would say there's more like underrated than overrated but okay let me think okay overrated i'm gonna just it has to be somewhere in europe i would probably say florence i know it sounds crazy wow i think a little overrated i think like florence or like barcelona like i love both of them i've been to both multiple times but Mm. i think that like you can get a much more spanish experience in any other part of spain like Mm. truly like i don't think there's really anything you can get in barcelona that you can't get like somewhere else and in terms mm-hmm. of Florence, it's just too small and artsy for me. Where it's like people are like, oh, I love Florence. I love Florence. I'm like, dude, sick. Like, I loved it for five minutes. And then I was like, take me to fucking Roma, bro. Like, right. like take me to like a small Italian countryside. I don't know. Mm. But in terms of overrated, maybe that. Maybe those. That's a, that's a tough one. I've never been asked that. And then is there any place that like, because I've, so I've never traveled outside of the country, um, but I finally just got my passport and me and my brother are going to take a trip some we haven't decided where but we're going to go somewhere we both got our passports is there anywhere that's like that people probably have never heard of that you've been to that's exceedingly that exceeds expectations definitely so my god i was just in guatemala and that took the cake like Mm. truly a magical magical place like most of my trips I planned based on conversations from prior trips. So I remember I was in Chile traveling alone back in 2016. And I met this guy in a hostel. He probably doesn't remember me at all. It wasn't even my hostel. I met these random people at the Pablo Neruda house. And they're like, come party at our hostel. So I went to their hostel. And then like, I met this older British guy. He's like, everybody has their heaven on earth. And my heaven on earth is Lake Atitlan in Guatemala. Ever since then, I've been dying to go. And then, like, for one reason or another, I couldn't go. And then it was pandemic. Then I was like, I don't really want to go alone. Then it was kind of like, fuck it. I'm going to go. It's the time. And that is a magical spot. And it's funny because, like, I would say a lot of people wouldn't know about it since I'm so, like, entrenched in the backpacker community. I'm like, oh, of course everybody knows about it. Of course everybody knows about, like, the volcano I hiked and whatever. But, like, no. Like, that is definitely someplace. Also, the DR. Everyone goes to, like, Punta Cana for the resorts. I backpacked the DR. I went to the north. I went to Samana. And if I were to pick my heaven on earth so far, I would say that. But I usually don't tell people DR because I don't want them to think I was like a resorty person because I wasn't. I was literally backpacking, like hitchhiking and all. Like 
That's yeah. what we do. I see Snuff. I don't know if you if how into the Survivor YouTube community you are, but Snuff's Snuff's a pretty big editor, and he said he's headed to Guatemala and Belize. Any any tips for him? Okay, duh. That I'm gonna butcher the name Acatenango Hike um, in Guatemala and the Fuego Hike, um, and then you have to go to obviously Antigua, Guatemala, and um, Belize. You ha- I scuba scuba dove the great blue hole and that's a must and that's in san pedro and when you're in guatemala you have to stay in san pedro when you go to lake atitlan so like there's a lot of san pedros but hit the san pedro and belize belize city one to two days maybe just to see the ruins but otherwise you got to go to san pedro and go to the great blue hole super sick also i didn't get a chance to go but you can go to tikal which is in guatemala and it's a world heritage site but i think it's closer to actually some parts of belize so like if you are doing that trip, you can actually take like an overnight bus to Tikal and then another overnight bus to Belize. So it saves you money hosteling and then also um, on transportation. Awesome. Hmm. We also have a fan named Russell Hans who says, you guys are going to Fiji to terrorize the crew. Can you confirm or deny this? I'll go anywhere Russell wants me to go, except the Survivor premiere party because I'll be in El Salvador. But if that's what Russell says, like I'll hail my Lord and savior, Russell Hans. So, uh, you been anywhere cold? I'm in New York right now. I'm freezing. But I went to Scandinavia <laughs> in, actually, it was three years ago, four years ago today. Um, mm. I, moved, I moved to Europe, and I was in Scandinavia in the winter. I did, like, Sweden and Norway. It was a lot of fun. I did Copenhagen also in the winter. I think some places are, like, good in the cold. Like, it's meant to be there when it's chilly winter wonderland vibes. Mm. I Sounds saw like you spoke I, I saw you spoke a couple languages. Did you do that? Did you learn those languages like with the intention that, oh, I'll need these when I travel? Or was that just, did that just happen? I just, I always just had fascination for foreign languages. Like I always wanted to travel. I always wanted to like speak so, like something other than English. So I started taking Spanish the first time it was actually uh, like, um, available to take in middle school and everyone said I had a tongue for languages but I like as cocky as I am I don't think I do I think I just really 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 cared to learn and it's just like mm-hmm. I wanted to learn so badly and I did and it stuck I did an exchange program in high school I worked abroad in college and I worked abroad after college like I'm obsessed and then like I took like four like my last semester of college I took like, Spanish Italian Portuguese and French like I took like Chinese in high school it's just I just like love it I love it so I don't think it was necessarily for the intention of traveling but Mm-hmm. probably subconsciously because it's so great to literally be able to go anywhere and like converse and plus yeah. I look racially ambiguous and since I do travel alone a lot like knock on wood I'm like not usually a target because no one's expecting a solo female traveler I'm speaking their language and like I look more or less like I could be from anywhere or at least from around gotcha um how many languages can you say survivor in uh, like three <laughs> Okay, that's like that. Two more than two more yeah. than me. What survivor? <laughs> yeah, that's three um, more than me. I know you've been to a lot of places, but um, I'm going to recommend a place to you if you haven't already been. It's called um, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Have you ever visited that place? It's a, it's my heaven on earth. You have really? been? I have. When I went to nice. training camp my freshman year, I flew into Pittsburgh and we drove to the Poconos. Nice. What do you think? Very industrial. Yeah. That's all I got. I was there for like a day and a half. Okay. Yeah. My, my heaven on earth is Nashville. Uh, you know, there. ours are just music. our hometowns. Yeah. 
Um, are you from your hometown's LA, right? You're are you born in LA? I am. I'm an Lips. LA native. Hmm? You live in New York now, so do you have a preference between the two? Oh no, that's like my internal struggle. I like both so much. Like, ugh, I love LA. When I went to college, I was like, I got, I'm staying in New York forever, and I'm like, nah. Like, my core is LA. Like, East Coasters honestly kind of bother me. So I'm like, no, I'm gonna go back. And then the summer I worked in LA, I'm like, why am I even going back to New York? It was so fun. And now I'm like, the winter break was kind of like blessed. So I was like, I can't wait to get back to New York. And now like I'm like job thinking about I'm like which one people are like what bar are you gonna take i'm like i don't know so i think like right now in my life new york but like i hmm. i don't know but la i love la especially when you have a cute car if you have an ugly car then like new york <laughs> gotcha um so uh when uh so how long have you been a fan of, of the show for and then like did you only apply once and that was your time getting on or did you like apply a couple times or what was, what was that like? So I was a fan from like a very young age. I couldn't tell you like the exact season, but it had to be like two or three or something, oh, wow. maybe even one, mm. but I, I was young and my family used to do survivor Thursdays when it was on Thursday, just like exactly what it was intended to do was just like, get the family together. We'd have a couple friends over every single Thursday and it was fun. So I've like loved it from forever. I used to like stream it illegally when I was abroad, but like at the same time, I couldn't tell you like, Oh, this player made this move. And like, Oh, this person from eighth boot from season like 29. I'm like, dude, how the fuck do you remember that shit? So I have like the couple standouts in my brain, but like, other than that, like I am a very like casual plus some fan, I would say. And mm -hmm. I was taking two gap years um, between undergrad and grad school and I wanted to go on the amazing race. I felt like it fit more my personality, like the traveling, the languages. I was like, Oh my God, free trip around the world. I'm in. Um, so I applied for the amazing race. I applied once and then I got a call from CBS and they're like, psych, we want you for survivor. And I was like, that sounds heinous. Mm. <laughs> Fuck that. But obviously I can say no, I'm like, oh my God, that's amazing. Like, yay. So I remember when I got the call, like, you made it. And I'm like, yay. And they're like, are you excited? Like, usually people are like dropping their phone. I'm like, no, I'm so excited. Like, <laughs> I was like, I kind of expected it, but like, you didn't yeah. make it that like secretive. Like, I kind of knew this call was coming, but I'm also just like, well, fuck, here now it begins. Right, the yeah. whole experience. So yeah. the ex the experience is already crazy, but then you add COVID into the mix. So how was that? Quarantining, all all the fixings. What was that? So funny. I actually thought like I thought COVID into existence because I remember thinking to myself, I kid you not, I thought this to myself. I was like, God, like I want something to happen where like I don't have to go on Survivor like soon because I was supposed to leave in May. But like, it's not gonna like, like I could go on later. Like something needs to happen. That doesn't take me out of the running, then COVID happened. And it was like, from a personal survivor standpoint, obviously like it was a horrible thing that happened to the world. I was like, right. this is fucking great. I was like, holy shit, this mm. is fantastic. I also had another year to rehab my knee, right? Cause I just tore my ACL meniscus. I'm like, this is, this is God. Like there's a God and he loves me. So I was like, this is, so then obviously going back to what we we're talking about before like survivor being the whole thing of emotions it was also another year of just like thinking about this shit right but mm. then i was happy 
about it because it got to the point that when it was time to leave, I was just so fucking ready. I was like, I just want to get this done, which is where I, that's what I wanted to feel. Like I wanted to just be ready to get it over with. Whereas before I was like, ah, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. So I'm like super ready to get over with. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. And then I was most nervous for the quarantine. I was like, fuck, like the whole thing of emotions. It's like, I got a test negative a million times, which like, cause I acted in good faith. I wore my mask. Like, but I was like, I live in New York. I had three roommates. Like my now ex-boyfriend was living in Chicago. So we were flying back and forth. Like he was visiting me before I was saying goodbye. Like I was flying back to LA. I'm like, there's a good chance I catch this virus. Mm. Fuck it. Like I was like, it's in God's hands. So there was that. Then I was like, I have to go on the show. And I was like in fucking quarantine. I'm like, I'm going to be bored out of my mind. And the quarantine was so peaceful like i loved it i love being alone which is funny because i'm such an extrovert i love it like i just i read a book every day i took a bath i like watched some tv i had a routine i worked out like i kept myself busy i like the doctors would call like ask how we're doing and i'm like i'm like concerned like i might need psychiatric help because i'm so fine and then i'm like how is everyone else doing are they suffering like please like tell me they're suffering like losers so like fun fact we had like after like seven days the seventh day we're allowed to like walk around we aren't allowed to talk or anything we can walk in a circle and i wore a bikini obviously because i another fun fact didn't bring clothes to fiji because i'm like why would i need clothes i'm gonna be on the show the whole time and god forbid i get out i'm gonna be in fiji so i'm just gonna wear a bikini so i literally had like maybe one outfit i'm like fuck it. i'm like gonna walk in a bikini and everyone's like staring at me i'm like this, like dude it's fucking fiji like what do you mean so i'm in a bikini no one wants to walk behind me because they don't want to be seen as creepy for staring at my like pancake ass and i'm like i was telling the doctors i'm like dude i think like i'm being judged and like i don't really like it because i feel like i'm very judgeable on the surface but then like when people get to know me for like 0.5 seconds like oh like sydney like it makes sense right like she's fucking great and like I'm like, I don't have a chance to be able to like explain myself or like be very gregarious as I am. So I was, I stopped going on the walks. I'm like, I don't want to be judged. And I was like, and I'm, and what the fuck am I doing? I'm walking in a circle. It's so boring. Like I'd rather just sit here and read a book. So that was fun. But the quarantine was not bad. And yeah, testing negative was, that was divine intervention. <laughs> right. That's funny. We've talked to two people and we've heard the quarantine was negative. So this is the first positive quarantine to come out of Survivor. I love it. I love that's exactly what I want. That's what I wanted to hear during the quarantine. I was like, good. Then I won't eat and I'll be skinny for exit prep or for my press day. <laughs> like, all I cared about was like literally like I wanted to gain enough weight to where like I wouldn't be emaciated. But I didn't want to gain so much just in case I was an early boot and then I'm just like stuck with five, 10 pounds, but I also like needed to be hot for photos. So if I were to go back in time, I would probably be skinnier. Not gotcha. bad. <laughs> did you, um, did you try to prep? Um, like, I know you said you, I mean, you already run, um, um, like recre recreationally, I guess. Uh, but like, did you do anything extra uh to prep like between the time you got the call and uh quarantine not really like i'm typically like very fit but um when it was coming up i was like i'm gonna start eating more um and enjoying the luxuries of life like i know a lot of people are like 
started eating just rice or like Danny, for example, started working out in a fasted state to like get used to it. I was like, fuck that. I'm going to be miserable and I'm going to figure it out regardless. So I'm just going to enjoy the blankets. I'm going to enjoy the food. I started eating croissants all the time. I was like, this is sick. So I was just like enjoying the luxuries of life. And like, I'm already fit and kind of fat phobic for myself, not other people. So I'm like, I was already fit as shit. And I just, it was mostly rehab for the knee, just like a lot of yoga, but nothing really changed in terms of my routine um mm-hmm. in terms of preparation or anything what about like mentally like did you re-watch any seasons or reach out to any like contestants that were already on the show or anything no so i know a lot of people like try to study it it like freaked me out it mm-hmm. really freaked me out like i just didn't want to think about it um so during the quarantine they gave us a fire stick with some of the seasons and i really 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 didn't want to watch them but I figured like everybody else did was going to. So I'm like, I'm going to watch them just so I can like at least be privy to like, or like freshly privy to the things that they're freshly privy to, right? To not put myself at a disadvantage. But other than those seasons during the quarantine, I did not want to do that. Like I'd watched the season like 39 and 40. And at that point I had known I was going on the show. Um, so I kind of watched it from a different angle, which was very interesting to watch as somebody who's more studying Um, but again, like, I know this is crazy, but it was like, mostly I was looking at the challenges, like, which one's going to fuck up my knee? (laughs) Like, which one can I do? Like, how would I be able to like do that? And I like even talk to some doctors about it, like show them a clip, like this challenge, my knee. And it's like, I learned a lot. Like, I remember there was one I watched where you had to like kind of jump from block to block and it was like very pivoty and like, yeah, I think that was on 40. I saw it was like a, it was like an American Ninja Warrior, like type of obstacle. And they and remember the doctor saying, well, like your brain is like already protecting your knee. So it's like, since you already know how the motion is going to be, it's different than like a quick pivot in like a football game, for example, where you don't know exactly like where the opponent's going to move. So just looking at it through that angle was also very interesting. They give you all the seasons on a fire stick? Like four of them. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, cool. Yeah. So then you get to the island and pretty much right away, this whole like thing happens from like the first challenge with the whole come on in guys thing where they talk about uh, if they should get rid of this word. Um, it sort of split the survivor community in half because some people are like, oh, it's cool that survivors finally starting to like, you know, care about the players feelings and other people are like, oh, this makes it too political why are we worrying about this it's just a game did you have any thoughts or did did you have a take on the situation i think like before i went on the season i was like i know this is going to be like the social justice season (laughs) and i was like not super stoked about it but it was an inevitable reality in terms of like the guys thing evie spoke and she's like listen it's like i'm a big intention person and she's like it's in like the intention's always meant to be inclusive it's never meant to you know, um, ostracize yeah. a lot of anybody. And that's how I kind of live my life. And I completely agreed with her. Then Ricard goes and removes guys. Don't care. I was like, listen, if one person feels left behind and it's no skin on anybody else's back, then fine, remove it. I, fuck do I care? So like, mm-hmm. I would, my rationale probably aligns more with Evie's, but like, again, if someone feels bad about it, then like, am I really going to cry over guys? <laughs> Not fucking really. It should be come on in Sydney and the rest of you. <laughs> That's what I <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Come um, on in, Queen. Yeah. 
But so you're on uh, Luvu, and um, for pretty much most of the pre-merge, you guys kind of uh, dominated, like in the challenges. Um, that was obvious. Uh, what wasn't obvious was it seemed like from the edit that um, due to not having to go to tribal council or maybe just you guys clicking, it seemed like for the most part, everyone on Luvu um, – was cool and getting along. I know like some people like Nasir kind of ousted uh, Danny Deshaun early. And then some people talked about Erica, but it seemed like compared to the other two tribes, you guys were um, like Kumbaya all the time. Was it actually like that? Or were you guys like playing? You just didn't really have the opportunity to like blindside and do all these moves. Definitely the latter. We, we were always playing. Um, mm -hmm. I think we slowed down at one point when we realized like, we were just going to win. Like, not even because we were so good, because <laughs> the other cards were so bad. And I'm not right. even going to say no offense, because offense. Like, you guys fucking sucked. Um, so I think it slowed down a little bit, but it was absolutely not Kumbaya. It was even worse. Like, I would argue it is worse to be on a winning tribe at times. Obviously, if I was eliminated early, I'd be like, fuck that. But I would, like, for our situation, like, think about, I've said this before, like, traveling for two weeks with anybody mm -hmm. or living with a roommate, like, Two weeks, morning, mm -hmm. noon, and night. One person it can be your best fucking friend in the world. You will get annoyed with that person. And right mm -hmm. now I'm with strangers who I'm designed not to get along with. So going into the merge, they're like, Luvu's strong. I'm like, yeah, fucking right. I'm anything <laughs> but Luvu. I've never heard of Luvu. I took a shit on the path on Luvu. I was like, this tribe, right? Like, I was, I hope someone stepped on my feces at one point. I was like, please, like, I was so miserable with those people. And I always said, like, I was so scared for the survival aspect. I was so scared. That ended up being nothing compared to, like, what it felt like to live with the same people with no dynamic change for 12 days. Like, that is crazy. So it was, we were definitely playing, definitely playing. Um, but we also were not kumbayaing. That's, or at least I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. That, and I think I'm a really like agreeable person, and I know people would never believe this about me, but it's like I'm very passive. Things don't bother me. I don't hold grudges. I let people walk all over me because I have a problem saying no, right? Like despite the fact that I'm a cocky asshole, like I typically I'm actually just kind of nice, and like to my own detriment a lot of times. Um. And my God, was I like <laughs> laid the fuck out? Mm. Yeah. And yeah. I thought it was so agreeable. So not getting along with these people was really tough. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Something I I thought was interesting about the pre-merge was the secret scene that we saw that CBS released about Heather's dreams. Um, what was your take on Heather's dreams about you uh getting what was it? Voted out or something? Yeah, so I stole her torch, and then that's a premonition that I was gunning for her, which wasn't false. So I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, I didn't learn that the dream was made up until after the season, and Deshaun mm. had told me. And then obviously, I saw the secret scene, and learning that it was made up actually made it so much dumber. It's like <laughs> I, I call it a failed attempt to get screen time because <laughs> if you're just not vibing with me then just tell me you're not me and vote me out. Like, cause here's the thing. Also, you're telling me like, I want you out now, which is dumb in and of itself. Okay. Yeah. And now you're saying I made up this dream. 
So if you're like, what's the point? If you're gunning for me, you shouldn't be telling me. And if you're telling me, then it doesn't matter if it's a dream or it's not. It just made no sense. And that's why I think it's just a failed attempt to get screen time. But at that time, I just, it was so annoying because we were, had nothing to do. Dreamgate, we call it Dreamgate. Dreamgate lasts like three days or four days. Like we talked about that first. It was like a thing. Like it's like, dude, this woman had a fucking dream. Like, oh my God. Like huh. I'm dealing with the crazy. I thought I'm like, I'm dealing with the crazy, right? I'm like, unless you talk to Sigmund Freud, his fucking self, right? That dream is a fucking dream. And then to learn that it was made up, I was like, right. who's not look dumb on? Me or you? Like, you can hear me during the secret scene where I'm like, oh my God, let's not ruin this perfect harmony. Because <laughs> there's like, that was my tone. Because I couldn't even for the life of me hard my, hide my sarcasm. Got gotcha. Um, gotcha. I know, um, like, early on, the seer had caught, uh, at least that's what the, the edit says, is the seer caught. Uh, Danny and Deshaun looking for an idol. Um, and I guess he came to you and told you, but then you went and sort of uh, told uh, Danny and Deshaun that he had told you. Um, was that uh, was that just because you were tighter with them? Definitely. Um, me and Deshaun had talked on, like, when we didn't unanchor our um, boat. And, like, I yeah. just knew the guy was from Southern California. Like, we just spoke the same language. At the same age, we, like, like – it was just like an instant connection that like, I just wasn't going to have with this year. So that was why. And also like, so that's something I haven't mentioned. People always ask like, Oh, like they were looking for an idol. Like, Oh my God, why shouldn't you gun for them? Like, Cause of course they're looking for an idol. Who the fuck wouldn't look for an idol? I just assumed they were looking for an idol. What do I care? I'd be like, you're an idiot for not looking for an idol. So I didn't care. Right. I could have had the idol for all I cared. What the fuck do I care? Like it's fucking survivor. No shit. No, let's go. Let's go for them. But it's like, I felt closer with them and it was a really easy way to get on their good side. And also it's just like, really, Nasir, are you, are you that upset about it? You were probably looking for idols and you're like fake chopping bamboo. Like, <laughs> Well, he he obviously was. Yeah, because he found it. So. I know. Still no when, still nowhere. And don't care. Never going to ask. Well, it wasn't used, so. I didn't want it. Shit. When Deshaun went on his hike with Evie and I learned about the what happened with the idol, I'm like, I don't fucking want it. Everyone's when we heard about it, like me, Danny, and Sean, we stopped looking for it at one point. We're like, we don't want that shit. We don't want to. Yeah. We're like, fuck that. And then it got to the point where it's like, wait, we kind of want the title. And then I, at that point, I think it was too late. But well, I don't want it. So it's yeah. like, yeah, it wasn't me because I didn't want it to be me. Mm-hmm. When the broccoli on trees and the butterflies and all that crap was being said, did you know by then or or no? I'm like so yeah. Like so, I so when Xander first said the butterflies, I think Xander's like he's a smart dude. He's like pretty insightful the way he talks. I'm like, oh, he might be a philosophy major. Makes <laughs> sense. Plus, there were like a bunch of butterflies on the island. So and they, oh. they were like kind of yes, which made it really like, yes, so many butterflies, and they were all black, which made it like very believable, like dead relatives. And I was like, I didn't even I think maybe even a thought like that had come up in my mind, like, oh, this is a sign. This is like my grandmother saying hello or something. I don't know. And then the broccoli thing. Brad was so skinny and he kind of yeah. looked like a broccoli. I was like, <laughs> I think he's losing his mind. I'm like, this man is so undernourished. Like, I think he's losing his mind. And then when Nasir said the goat on AstroTurf, I kid you not, what went through my mind? <laughs> so it just made, again, it made sense in context. Like everyone's saying these like weird things and then Nasir is confused, right? But he's as confused as a goat on AstroTurf. I'm like, Nice, nice vocab, dude. English is your third language. I'm like, he's just trying to like expand his vocabulary. That's <laughs> right. what I thought. Right. So I'm like, 
<laughs> All right. Oh and I had no gosh. idea until like on the merge island, like I learned like within like two seconds, but hmm. yeah. crazy. Gotcha. Um, what getting didn't didn't you want to ask about the the hourglass thing? I know we have to bring that up. I guess point. we have to talk about it. I don't know. I was I was regretting talking, you know, not looking forward to talking about it. But the hourglass. I mean, me and Adam, we let out a collective sigh when it was introduced. Best I'm twist. Sure the, of all I'm pretty time. sure that no, pretty sure the entire world let out a collective sigh. Um, in game reaction, obviously wasn't too positive from you guys either. Was it was it under edited? Was it over edited? How much you hated it, and everybody hated it. Uh, that was on the winning side. What was it for me? Like nothing surprised me. Like I just I really didn't believe a word Jeff said. So they even showed like when they said, "Oh, merge." I'm like, I'm skeptical, right? So then it's like when the hourglass happened, I was like, when she was explaining, I'm like, I know what you did, bitch. Like let's just get to the fucking challenge. So I was just like, all right, time to compete. Fuck it. What was under edited was. Danny, um, he was oh, yeah. very, very upset. Um, there's a whole conversation about it, tribal, but no, Danny was definitely the most upset and was the most vocal about being upset. And so I think that was under edited. But in terms of like the initial reaction, it was just kind of like for me, I was like, I, I'm like, that's cute. Like winners write history, not losers. So like, I get we took out guys, okay. That's like one step in the woke direction. But now we're going to let the losers write history? Like, that has never happened in the history of time. CBS, you're not changing the fucking world by letting the losers write history. Okay? <laughs> by giving a non-choice. Like, there's no choice. Anybody right. would have broken that hourglass. Like, that twist, they wanted that hourglass broken. Right. Like, for sure. That challenge was meant for a strong team to win. And then for a strong team and strong people to be up for elimination. So, yeah. Um, anywho, winners are history, not losers. That is, <laughs> an interesting, that is an interesting point you make about the tribes because the divide um, was like the obviously physically fit people and then the not so physically fit people. It was... I mean, did we see the rock draw? Did that? Did, did we see it happen, Adam? I forget. Yeah, we did. On the screen? Hmm. That's yeah, ironic. Go. That's 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 quite the coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, whatever team had the strongest player was probably going to win or have a significant advantage anyways. And I think mm -hmm. the intention was to make a very strong player up for elimination as hmm. the merge was approaching. Mm -hmm. um, and that's probably to combat like a challenge beast winning all the challenges, for example. So if you looked at all the individual immunity challenges after that point, like they're like, oh, this challenge lasts three hours. Well, if season forty one, it lasts three minutes uh, because we got a bunch of like non athletes out there pretending to fucking like hold a fucking ball on a plate. I don't even know. Right. Yeah. Um. So obviously that travel, you play your shot. Your shot in the dark. Um. There's a couple things to kind of like uh, unpack there. I guess. I mean, on the one hand, like it's like I guess a cool legacy booster to like be the first person and as of now only person um to have played it but um besides that fact like do you regret playing it do you think you like because it's such a weird thing because like deshaun voted for evie twice i guess which means that you and him would have been um because who would you have voted for would have been evie or deshaun i would have voted for evie okay 
So yeah. does that mean you would have still gone home if you had I would, it? It would have been a Revo and I would have probably stayed. But oh, okay. I really, so part of the thought process, and this is kind of going back to like why the twist was so dumb, is like mm -hmm. I thought Erica lost her vote. So when we're talking about like this is a non-choice choice she had to make, it's like obviously she was going to hit the hourglass, especially because of the fact that in a game where you always had to risk something to do anything, mm -hmm. like she didn't have to risk a thing. She got right. to spend a couple nights away from the fucking freaks that are Survivor 41. <laughs> like, would like at that time, if you would have offered me Exile Island or, hey, Sydney, don't go to Exile Island. And then when you get back to the U.S., you can have a month at the fucking Waldorf Astoria. I would have chosen fucking Exile Island. Okay. So what a fucking sad existence she had okay away from the freaks anywho so i really thought she like had lost her vote um and i just didn't think it would be as close as it was like for me it was very clear that i was and obviously my thought process was in the right direction i'm like if i was them everybody i would vote for me because mm -hmm. i was kind of unfortunate collateral um to what was going on right like there was a the threat of evie having the idol and Nasir having the idol and then it was like me, Danny, and Deshaun, and based on obviously like the the break of the alliances, I was a clear minority, no pun intended. But um, I kind of figured like I was at the bottom of that alliance, so it would be me. So I really didn't think it would be that close. And if it was going to be close, I didn't think my vote would really matter. So I don't regret playing it because I have to put myself where I was. Right. Um, in that moment and in that moment I, I had no reason to think it was going to be as close as it was and right. more narcissistic no it's even better because it's like they can't even say the fuck i voted me out like i voted myself out like fuck <laughs> you guys right Literally. well so if you had survived that night did you sort of have like a like a plan or even maybe like a vague plan of like how you could get to the end or were you truly kind of just taking it one um like one step at a time. And also like if you had made it to them, like who would have been your ideal, like two people to sit with? Um, like if you, you know, had the best. So I was exactly where I wanted to be. Like I didn't want to be like in an alliance that wanted a swing vote. Like I'd rather be that swing vote. And I wanted to be cool with everybody. And at that point I wanted to work with Danny, Deshaun, Tiffany, Evie, and Xander. And we had kind mm -hmm. of proposed us six, but Danny and Deshaun wanted to work with Shannon and Liana instead. So right. like that was my ideal people and those are the only people that didn't vote for me, right? So it's like I fostered those relationships perfectly. So mm -hmm. my plan going into the season was like one day at a time, which is exactly what I would have probably continued with. But at that point, had I survived that tribal, I knew I would have to do damage control with Xander and Tiffany, but I still really wanted to work with Xander and Tiffany. And I think it would have been an easy sell to be like, listen, like it was her and me. Like we're not i didn't turn on like one of yours to like save one of mine like i turn on one of yours to save myself right and having talked to tiffany after um the show like that would have worked right so then at that point like i wanted tiffany xander evie but she theoretically would have been out and then like danny and deshaun um and i would have honestly liked to sit at the end with xander and tiffany mm, okay why those two um, I felt like to be completely candid, a white male wasn't going to win the season. Um, so I would like to sit with Xander for that reason. And then Tiffany, I felt like we worked really well together, but I think I probably would have played a better game 
like more well-rounded at that point because yeah. I think it would have been like a huge challenge threat. And then also like, I feel like me and her were equally socially savvy. So I feel like I would have had a little more on her at that point. So I could have like outsold that to the jury. Um, and I felt like she would have been loyal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so theoretically, I might- like sit, sit Heather at the end, but like, I, I think I would have like probably been in federal prison right now if like that was gay so yeah yeah was the president that a white male wasn't gonna win like was that just what everybody was talking about nobody talked about it and i doubt anybody has said it to be honest um and obviously it's very vulnerable to say that in like a very public forum but just based on you know, like the events of the world, which obviously like people always say survivor is a microcosm of society. And I mean, it very much is that and you have to deal with that. And I felt like based on what was happening and like the progress CBS was making, I think that I as a woman would have had a better chance over a white male. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Yeah, I think um, I feel like most people um myself and i don't want to speak for you gideon but based on what we talked about in, in recaps it seems like you included sort of have the same sentiment of the season that it was a great cast um one of maybe one of the better like newbie casts of new school survivor but that the season was clouded a lot by a lot of things production was doing with all the twists and the like fake out merge and like the summits and the like not only them being twists, but them going to like people like at random as opposed to them being like earned through something. Um, I think that's, it seems like what I've been hearing on Survivor Reddit, Twitter, that's sort of been like the general consensus of the season. Um, are those along the lines of your thought of the season, like as, as a fan, assuming you watched it when it was airing? Yeah, um, I think that the twists do take away a lot of the authenticity of the game um and kind of the purpose and it's a social experiment and you know jeff says things like no we want to see how they react to this and that and this and that but then it becomes more about a game of luck but then at the same time like jeff did make a good point like the first time a hidden immunity idol was introduced like the world was like screw that like that's terrible (laughs) but now like what is survivor without a hidden immunity idol or like the first time there's a tribe swap like everyone was like what the fuck like this is crazy (laughs) But like, we were like, where's our tribe swap the whole season? So it's like, there are small changes. And I do think it like mirrors society also, because everyone in society is like trying to make a change and people like, wait, but that's too much right now. Let's make small changes at a time. So it depends on how you view change in general. And that's more of a philosophical question. So it's like with Survivor too, like, sure. Like maybe I'm thinking like, oh, this is too much change at one time, but maybe this is where it was going the whole time. So who knows so like i try to keep an open mind about it but like at the end of the day it's not society right it's a microcosm of society so i would say yes it is too much of a change at one time not to say that change is bad in survivor but i think it was a lot a lot and i think maybe in like five more seasons then it would have been a little more palatable but like right now i just i think there was just way too much yeah well Adam and I agree with that, with the twists and stuff, but we thought it was a great cast. But let's say the hourglass goes away completely and you aren't a robbed goddess. 
let's say you're on the jury now and, and you don't make it to the end and somehow you get voted off without being screwed by a twist. Who would you who would you have voted for in that final three? I probably would have voted for Deshaun. Hmm. He was like, nice. assuming he didn't fuck me over. Like, okay, so here's the thing. Like, right. I was like, oh, you have to vote for the best player. I would have 100% voted for the person that didn't fuck me over, even if it was the greatest move of the season. Like, whoever was, is probably who I would have voted for. So I think it's contingent on that. But based on what I saw, um, I feel like Xander played one of the better games. I understand why Erica won, but I liked Deshaun the most. Therefore, I would have voted for my boy. Yeah, gotcha. I mean, he played a messy game, but I mean, even from the edit, it seemed like he did a good job. Yeah, he was scrappy, but like, yeah, he was also like extremely lucky, like extremely lucky, like, which was okay. I think there would have been a huge uproar if he got eliminated from choosing the wrong box. Right, right. Because that is just ridiculous. Like that yeah. was. Almost worse than the hourglass twist. Obviously, like it was if he got voted out by it, I think there would have been as much uproar from that twist as there was about the hourglass twist because because you went home from the hourglass. Well, somebody would have went home from the hourglass no matter what, but everybody was freaking out about it. I mean, if yeah. he goes home from this stupid twist with the boxes, Do or die. I think, yeah. yeah, it would have been the same thing. That was the worst one of the season. Like it might have been worse than the hourglass. Because at least I had a chance. And, like, there's some strategy involved. Fine. But, like, if you had gone out from that, like, oh, my God. Oh, right. yeah. Well, yeah. so while, um, while, while it seems like most fans are in agreement on, like, their thoughts on, like, the season as a whole, one thing that I think a lot of fans are, like, torn between is their thoughts on specifically Erica as a winner. Um, I've been a fan since... Uh, like Guatemala was my favorite season, but I've really only been like studying Survivor hard since like Blood versus Water time, uh, like 27, 28. Um, and I don't think I've ever seen a winner that was so split. Like when Chris won pretty much unanimously, everyone was like, he's a bad winner. When Tony won winners of war, it's, oh my God, he's the GOAT. Like it seems like most new school winners, everyone is kind of in agreement. Erica, it's like people either think she like, most underrated winner of all time or some people are like oh she's worst winner ever worst new school winner like um what are your thoughts from like having actually been out there and played with her and from being on her original tribe too i think she's a very middle of the road winner i think like a classic winner of survivor plays a very erica type game where it's like right. an under yeah. the radar she was part of she wasn't really part of anything so therefore she was utilized for everything didn't mm -hmm. piss too many people off won enough challenges got very lucky and i think she had the perfect recipe for being a winner and like some of that stuff was in her control and a lot of the stuff was out of her control yeah so i would say middle of the road yeah me and gideon did a um uh, before the season, we had done like a tier rank of all the winners, um, A through, we did A through F. Um, I'd probably, yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree. I'd probably put her somewhere around like, uh, like a mid to low, uh, probably like a mid C. Like a hard mid C, like not low. Right. But like not anything exciting. Like Tony played. Right. Like he played. 
Like he fucking played. Like you he know, had to. He had to. Yeah, but, but he also played perfectly. Like he knew his reputation. He was so under like Tony being under the radar is Tony playing. Because like that's just so not his personality. So it's like that is like an A plus winner. Had Russell won, A plus winner. Just like controlling it from start to fucking finish. This wasn't that. But it wasn't bad by no means. I think it's what they what people want to play. Right. Yeah. I think I just, when me and Adam talked about it and like did our little spill at the end, I called it textbook. You know, I just think it's like textbook, classic, social game, you know, congrats. Yes. 100%. So, uh, yeah, everything's over. How was how life after Fiji? I mean, are people going up asking for autographs, calling you queen, you know, everything great like that? How is it? Yeah, I mean, not too, too much, because obviously, like, New York City, like, there's so many people, but I I do get my fair share. Like, everywhere I go, there's probably, like, somebody or something, um, which is fun, obviously. It was my fun fact today in class. It's usually not, because, like, my whole thing is, like, Survivor is not your personality. Like, that's the brand I'm kind of curating, but, like, I was the first one called on. Like, Sydney, fun fact. I'm like, fuck. Um, I was on Survivor. Um, but, no, it's been... It's been great. I remember I always like, it's funny, I text Danny a lot. And like, I'll be like, haha, I remember on the island when I said I'm never traveling again. Like, I literally was unhinged. Like, I got my knee surgery. It was honestly like, I was just fucking crazy. Like, I get my surgery, which is like horrible. Um, But I was like working in LA, like, broke up with my boyfriend, which was like, it's more of a congratulations on, I'm sorry, great guy. But um, it was very freeing. And then like, I'm in Europe, and then I go start school. Then two weeks later, I'm in Turks and Caicos. Come back six days later, I'm back in Europe. Then I'm like, oh, like a month later, I'm like spearfishing in Mexico. And then like six weeks out, then I'm in Wyoming with Brad, like taunting. And then I'm where I'm at Guatemala. Just like the craziest year. I didn't miss a day of school, believe it or not, despite all my travels. And like, I'll still graduate on time. And I'm just, like, really enjoying, like, the place in life I'm at. Like, I'm not working full time. Like, I finally have some fucking money, which is nice because I've been, like, broke as shit, like, extorting my dad for a living. So it's (laughs) nice to, like, be somewhat ethical. I still have to do my fair share of extorting, though. Um, But, no, it's, like, it's just been – it's just been good. And, like, watching Survivor back was – it was fun. It was a good experience for, like – friends of friends you know like I loved hearing about like my friend's grandmother and my brother's friend's grandmother in Mobile Alabama who's like rooting for me like shit like that was like the things I like to hear um and it gets solid amount of likes on Hinge my one pick so you know Ah. I know right more than my bikini shot who'd have thought but um it's just it's been good it really really has And I like talk like Sarah is like one of my closest friends now. She lives like 15 minutes from me in LA. So we spent the whole summer together. Like she was hooking up with my brother. Like it was just like fun. Like we're almost in-laws. Like it was sick. Um, Like literally on the phone with Votra all the time. And then me and Danny have some things in the works, but I'll keep that a secret. But no, it's been, it's been fun. It really, really has. Um, It really has. And I think part of the reason is because, it just worked out so perfectly. Like I said, the timing couldn't have been better. I didn't want it to happen when it was initially supposed to happen. So when it happened, I was like really ready. And like, I took a semester off and it was a Zoom semester. So I really, I love mm-hmm. being in school, but I, I didn't miss out. 
Um, so it was, it's been really, really, really great. Right. I know you're up to, um, I think last time I checked, you were like, before the interview, you were like almost at like 20,000 Instagram followers now. So um, how many DMs do you get a day? Would you say? Oh, I have no idea. I don't like check very often. Um, I go to like, like, cause it's like top requests, all requests. So sometimes yeah. I'll check. Cause like sometimes people be like, can I Venmo you? And they'll be like, yes. <laughs> I was just like, can they Venmo you? Let me yeah. take advantage of this. I'm like, yeah, here's my fucking memo. I don't give a fuck. So I'm going to make some fucking money and some dinner table. I don't care. So I started checking just to see. Cause like, I'm like, I just put that all in index funds. I'm like, oh, great. You Venmo me? Yeah. Like, oh, you're buying me dinner? Psych, going into an index fund. Um, but I have no idea how many DMs I get. But I can't, it's not like that much. Like, I always say, like, Survivor, you get a good following. It's not like a bachelor, you know? Like, it's not that right. crazy. Right. So is is the DMs and the, you know, money, is that what inspired you to sell your top on eBay or what was it? Yeah. So actually I had heard before the season had aired that Dean from like 38, 39, whatever, had auctioned his unwashed underwear. So I specifically kept my unwashed sports bra to do this. Um, looking back, I should have also kept the underwear. I left everything. Like a lot of people brought their stuff. No, I don't, I don't want it. I don't want it. I kept the dress. And I kept the sports bra to sell. Everything <laughs> I'm like, I don't fucking want it. I should have fucking kept it and sold it all. But I'm like, I don't want it. They're like, take the bag in the water bottle. I'm like, I don't want it. They're like, take it. I'm like, I, I don't want anything from this fucking island. I got a couple seashells and I, that's all I fucking want. Like, I don't want a thing. They're like, take it. I'm like, I don't want it. So they took it for me, brought it to the airport and gave me a plastic bag. They're like, here's your bag and water bottle. You're going to want this. I'm like, I still want it. So I sold it to my dad. He loves it. He won my torch. Yes. Oh my gosh. I know. Is that more than you thought you would get? I mean, the auction still is three days. So it's going to go up. It goes up in the last couple of days, but it's, a, I was hoping for around like 500 to a thousand. Okay. So, yeah. You can pay your rent. Yeah. Not here. Fam. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I yeah. know that. I know that, but yeah. Do you, um, oh, go ahead. No, that's it. Oh, like who all do you keep? Uh, do you keep in touch with most from your cast, or like who do you keep in touch with the most um, from? I know you said you've gone to a couple of people's hometowns, and also if you and this kind of goes back to what you said at the beginning, if you would play um, Amazing Race and you got to pick one of your cast members, not for like strategic reasons, just from like who do you think you have the best time with? Uh, who would you pick? Um. Me and Tiffany, like, we just, we laugh hysterically more together. Okay. Like, like, Sarah's one of my closest friends now, but, like, in terms of, like, pure laughter, like, Tiffany. Mm. Like, we would just be pissing. Like, we had two nights together, and, like, there was one night in the shelter where Deshaun's like, shut up. We just been <laughs> nonstop laughing. But um, in terms of the cast, I don't know. A lot of people are, like, trying to be a BFFs with everybody. Dude, I'm not. First of all, 17 people is a lot of people to keep in touch with, and I have a lot of friends. I don't need 17 more fucking friends. And that's a lot of fucking people. But I'm also right. the type of person that in, like, five years of my hit you up, like, yo, what up? I'm in your hometown. Like, let's hang. And, like, that's exactly how I'd approach it. Like, I wouldn't be like, hey, long time no talk. Like, that's not my thing. Um, But Sarah and Voce all the time. Assuming I stay in New York, me and Voce are going to be roommates when he moves. So I'm super excited about that. Um, I talked to Danny quite a bit. And then um, 
Tiffany's in New York. So we're trying to coordinate, we've hung out and we'll do it again. But I'm cool with like most people, but who I talk to would be Sarah Boche for sure. And then like second tier would be like Danny and then Tiffany. Okay. Well, we've asked that amazing race question to everyone we've interviewed and Sarah actually picked you. As, well, as okay. Person. Who would I actually would go on with is Sarah, but you said who would I have the most fun right, with? Right, right. Yeah, I gotcha. Tiffany. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen uh, the YouTube show called Hot Ones by any chance? No. <gasps> it's the show where they um, they do in an interview, but they eat spicy hot wings while Ooh. they eat it. My brothers watch that. Okay. I think. Well, there's a segment Probably. on that show that we've stolen for our interviews on here. Um, and that segment is called Explain That Graham. Okay. So we have uh, three in three Don't Instagram photos. Okay. I, tr I tried to find three Instagram posts from pre-Survivor. Um, so if you could just explain, like, uh, like, I guess, when and where it was taken and, like, for what reason. Um, <laughs> they're they're all pre, um, they're all they're all pre pre survivor. Okay, um, okay, first one, uh, table tennis. <laughs> oh wow! So I quit track and I ran um, cross country and track in college, and I quit um, when I was second semester junior year. I'm like, ah, I'm gonna join ping pong. So I join the Columbia table tennis team. This was, I believe at regionals because I made regionals. I was the third singles player and I beat some like, yeah, I beat someone from Harvard and actually won every, every match. I was the third single. So I wasn't like the best. I was kind of like the JV on my squad, but held my own score points for the score points for the team. That was at, um, yeah, that was at regionals. In Westchester. Hmm. Okay. Um, okay. One down, two to go. Okay, that's not bad. Takes me, takes me a quick second. Yeah, I try. They're, they're not. They're not. Okay. Second one is uh, this one. I was trying to pick one from from uh, like a vacation or a trip of yours. So that was um, in Israel. That was so I went on birthright and I went with my school. And that was after the Dead Sea. I remember we stayed in a Bedouin tent and then we rode camels. And I remember I did not shower after the Dead Sea and literally like had like a rash all over, but the showers were so gross. I'm like, I think I'd stick with the rash. And so yeah, we rode camels. That's why my hair looks vile is because it's Dead Sea water. And mm -hmm. after that selfie, it was like, and I was like, ah! How many uh, vacations that would you say you've been oh. on? Do you do you keep a tally or do you have one of those maps where you put like pins in the um, like my push dad pins? Got me one and there wasn't there's actually not enough pins because I've been to fifty one <laughs> countries. Fifty one. Yes. Jeez. Fiji was supposed to be fifty, which I felt like would have been special, but it was forty nine. Hmm. Gotcha. Fifty one. Wow. Um okay. Last last gram I want you to explain is um is that Curtis? That's 50 Cent. So crazy story. Okay. So every night on Survivor, 
I would say, I would tell a story, usually a travel story. And one night I told the story of this night. So I always say that Jesus Christ brought me to 50 Cent because when I was in fourth grade for Lent, I gave up cartoons. So in the mornings on the weekends, I would watch MTV when it was like actually music videos. That was when the Massacre album came out. Mm. I would sing Candy Shop, have no idea what I'm singing. My mom bought me the album, it was great. Fast forward, I'm in college. I'm a little club rat, a little hoe, whatever. And I would like go clubbing. Um, and there were always like rappers doing appearances. So I remember 50 Cent was at the club. I remember it was a Thursday. Um, no, it was a Sunday. I had a race that Thursday. So I was dead sober. I remember that. And um, I was like, I, I, I have to go. Like, I have to go to the club. Like, I love 50 Cent. I've loved him for, for forever. And um, I go to the club, everything's wrong. I forgot to shave my legs. I forgot deodorant and I'm wearing like a romper. I'm like, it's gonna smell. I, I remember I had a tampon in and I forgot it. I forgot another one. I'm like, oh my God, like everything's going wrong. I look a fool because I Googled like 10 ways to make myself look 21. I'm at the club and I'm dancing on a table. I'm about to see 50 Cent. I'm like so excited. Um, so I just like loved him. And I security comes up to me and they're like, ma'am, like, come with me. And I'm like standing on a table. I know someone's paying like 10 grand for this table. So I'm allowed to stand on this fucking table. Like, what are they doing with me? So they take me to the back and they're like, um, this guy's like, hi, Rob Gronkowski. Nice to meet you. And I'm like, and this is after the Patriots had won, just won the Super Bowl, like two weeks later. And I was like, oh shit. Like, hi. So I'm a little pissed because I'm about to see 50 Cent. But I guess now I got to chill with Rob Kronkowski and Chandler Jones. And there's this like WME guy. His name was like Mojo Raleigh or something. And it's like mm -hmm. me and my friend. And, like now I'm just kicking it with the Patriots after they won the Super Bowl. And after 50 went on stage, he like came back to the table because this was 50 cents table. So I'm like partying soberly because I had a fucking race on Thursday with 50 cent. And I was like, I, was, I said something super cringy. Like, I met him, and he's like, I'm like, oh, good job out there. And he's like, oh, thanks. He's like, um, I was like, oh, would have been better with me, though. So gross. Disgusting. And he was like, you are sexy. And I'm like, all right, got to get a pic. So I take a selfie. It doesn't show up because it's, like, dark in the club. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm freaking out. So I throw my phone at someone. They like, And I'm like, take a picture. And took a picture with him. And then after, like, there was, like, after party the hotel and it was one of the craziest one of the crazier nights and I remember it's February 13th because I woke up next to somebody um not Gronk um almost Gronk he but he had two other girls in the bed and I'm like I'm not gonna sleep with you there's two other girls in the bed but that's a whole other story so I went with someone else and I was like happy Valentine's Day <laughs> and he's like well, let me call your neighbor jeez so that was actually a good photo to pick yeah yeah do you have a favorite uh, album of, of Curtis's? No, probably Massacre. Like at this point in my life, I don't even know. I used yeah. to wear G Unit in fourth grade. <laughs> G Unit? I know. Nice. I literally had like little girl G Unit shoes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, okay. Thanks for playing. Explain that, Graham. That's um, good. good segment. The last survivor question I had for you is. Um, if someone was going, if someone gets casted, let's say season 
46, 47, a couple, couple years from now, someone gets casted on the show before they go out, they DM you and say, Hey, what's, what's like one piece of advice you can give me something that I wouldn't like if I watched all 40, whatever seasons there are up until that point, what's something that I like wouldn't learn just from watch. Even if I watch every season, I truly wouldn't learn it until um, I got out there. What, what would you respond back to them? Or I think that the feel of like the actual game. So I remember saying to myself before the show, like you, like you can't really study it because you don't really know what's happening. And like, that's mm. the truth. It's like all of like, everything happens in the moments you don't see. Right. So it's like, Oh my God, what do I do to not be the first boot? For example, it's like, like, Sure, there's sometimes you see like a glaring just like personality difference, but it's like there is so much downtime that like you're not seeing. So it's like it truly is cultivating those relationships, not doing too much and like building trust quickly because trust is really hard to make, really easy to break. Right. So like I always use for a good example, um, the JD vote where it's like JD, Jeannie, Ricard, Shan. JD had the extra vote. Him and Jeannie could have like use that and got a Ricard or Shan out. But the reality was that they didn't trust each other. So they were better off trusting like Ricard or Shan because like, let's just say Jeannie's like, oh, Shan, like JD had this idea to like get you out with that true vote. Done. He's game. He's done so. And he already doesn't trust Jeannie as it is. So it's like, it's mm -hmm. making that trust. And as a viewer, you're like, oh my God, this is like a no brainer. You guys should just like do it and like mix the game up. But really it's not. And it's like, you have to just get that trust, like from the very beginning, like from the very, very beginning. And that's, and some of it like develops over time, like a H and E, I don't really like to refer to them by name, but like an H and E relationship. Like, yeah, sure. Like that really was like a slow, slow brew, more circumstantial. Cause they were like kind of outcast fine. But like the other ones, like those are made from the get go. And it's like, you gotta make you got to make those relationships. You got to make the relationships like me and Danny had, but play assuming everybody said Deshaun. Sneaky. Right. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I, I do have one more survivor question for you that I, I, I forgot to ask. Who's someone from this season that like, I feel like when we ask like fans and like friends of ours, like who do you want to see return? Um, it's usually the same three to four answers. Who's someone that like no one's mentioning that like you think, should come back like it could be an early one of the early boots or just someone that hasn't maybe got as much clout or or, or fame since the season ended oh. or do you think no one from the season should come back i think i should come back if they <laughs> want to keep the ratings up because like you can't pluck another sydney seagull off the street you can pluck another any of those motherfuckers off the street you can't pluck another me off the street but i would say voce dude that guy yes. is fucking hilarious like i remember when like i was obviously like the last pre-jury um and i remember like one of the handlers was like oh who are you excited to meet i'm like fucking nobody i don't know like these people like, they just didn't seem that interesting to me i fuck do i care and i remember like voce just like, like angry white dude is like what i saw him as right he had these like big eyebrows he seemed to be angry the whole time but really he had laser eye surgery right before the show so that's why he was squinting the whole time and like looked angry fun fact but i remember i get to wherever i was going because ponderos was at like i was on ponderos alone for like a night and then we got moved it was like kind of wild but hmm. i met him and he was like by far the biggest surprise like just big personality really fucking smart and hilarious and 
he like he wanted to be a Russell, and I think he very much could have been a Russell, but with like a voce flair. And I think that's somebody you can't plug off the street. Definitely. Right. Yeah. I didn't realize how funny he was. I was watching like, I think Tiffany go live on Instagram with like four or five other people from your cast. And Bochi was just like crack. It was like an hour. I didn't watch the whole thing, but Bochi was just cracking me up. And he, I think it was right when he was like in the worst of COVID and he was still just, um, cracking me up so i'd like to see him back gideon's been a big bochi fan because they're both from Since tennessee day one yeah tennessee boys you know. well, he's not from tennessee he's actually moving back to tennessee though for nice. a year oh, he does okay. yeah he's yeah. from california right ah so he's not a true tennessee that's okay no but he's lived there for a bit yeah well great i mean great hospital so it makes sense so you're coming back, right? You're going to go back on the show, right? You know? I mean, I'm down. They just have to come yeah. to their senses. There are stands. There are Sydney stands, you know, so there is motivation to get you. So I don't I see why not. People, they would tell me this. Like, when you ask people that question, do they say Sydney ever? What? Like, who yeah. about you? I think we did our – because we did, like, a round table right after the season ended. I think we had, like, eight pe- seven, eight people on. I feel like um, – yeah, I feel like at least two or three people said Sydney. Everyone said Ricard and Shan. Like every, pretty much every person said Ricard and Shan. Interesting. Yeah, I think I was the only person to say Voce, and I know for sure <laughs> me and Adam said you. So. Yes. And oh, Xavier got a couple. I think Xavier got a couple. Me, Xander. Shout outs. Who would I say? Xavier? Yeah. yeah um, thinking big brother. Thinking big brother, yeah. Um, I think JD may have also got like one or two. I don't yeah. care about that. I just care about me. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. That's fair. Um, so we're, uh, as we wrap this up now, um, once it starts to get warm, we already have a confirmed soccer, or not soccer, I don't know why I said soccer, confirmed golf match with Clay from Survivor Thailand. Gideon is playing Dean one-on-one in basketball. That has been confirmed. Dean nice. from uh, Island of the Idols. Um, I will win. Can we can we get a one-on-one uh, table tennis match at some point? Yeah, let's do it. That sounds fun. Awesome. We can go to, like, spin or something. There you go. Um, okay. Well, uh, yeah. That's that's kind of all the questions uh, we had. Thanks again so much for um, coming on. It was great to um, internet stalk you when we were trying to put together our cast assessment and then to watch you on uh, the season. It was also super fun. I think you brought like a flair to 41 that uh, no one else brought. It's some people blended together a little bit, but uh, like most seasons, there's like the standout personalities. And I think you definitely um fit in like the the standout personality crowd which is why you were one of my and i think gideon's two picks too we just kind of picked like two or three people we wanted to see back so um, thanks absolutely so thanks so much for coming on uh thanks everyone that uh was watching i think this is our most live viewers that we've got during our um one of our interviews so thanks for bringing the uh bringing the crowd to us. We appreciate oh, yay. it. That's what I like to hear. The stands. Setting. The stands. Uh, shout out to um, 
Barry Dean, um, our who was our first member. He also won our Survivor 41 buff. Dean, if you're watching this, uh, sorry I still haven't shipped it to you. It's because you live in Australia and customs will not allow us to ship items outside of the country at the moment. Um, and shout out to the Hangout Room, who's our newest member. Um, if you guys want to become a member, all you got to do is hit join on our channel. And you can see some of these interviews early. Maybe even stop in, say hi. Um, that's it for us. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Um, be sure to subscribe, like the video. Cindy, thanks again for coming on. And uh, have a great rest of your week. Thanks, guys. Or not, let's say, guys. Thank you all.